God at the movies. All this month we've been talking about God at the movies. We've been talking about spiritual themes that you can find in some of the movies that we've enjoyed in the past. Uh, today we're talking about Spider-Man 3. And uh, how, many have a fa- who, uh, who's, how many have a favorite movie that you've really enjoyed over the course of the last even few months? Uh, mine would be August Rush. We watched that recently. And how many thought that was a really cool movie? I don't know about you, man, but that, that, was a, that was a pretty cool movie. I'm a musician, so I enjoyed the whole musical side of it. And my wife, she, you know, we enjoyed that whole ending where the guy and the girl come together. It was cool. It was cool. So, um, but, but today, spiritual themes that we can find in the movie, Spider-Man 3. And what we're talking about is light versus dark. I would say that if there was a spiritual theme in Spider-Man 3, it would be light versus dark. Uh, and and um, Now, I'm not talking about just, you know, the light, the natural light that we experience, and I'm not uh, referring to that, that kind of light, but I'm talking about the spiritual state of a man and a woman, our spiritual state, what is on the inside of us. And that's what we're going to be speaking of today. Uh, in John 1, our writer, who happens to be John, he is the one that Jesus beloved, gives us kind of a metaphor of the spiritual state of mankind. And here's what the scriptures read, just five scriptures. It says, in the beginning, there was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Now, in this particular verse, you have to understand that John is talking about Jesus Christ as being the word that was with God from the very beginning. He was with God in the beginning, he says, and then all things were made by him, and nothing was made without him. In him there was life, and that life was the light of all people. Let me repeat that. In him there was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness was overpowered by the light. Lightness versus Darkness, And if I could give you a biblical definition of light, it would be that Jesus Christ is the light. John gives us a metaphor for what light means in the Bible, and it's simply this. If we have Christ, we have light. And the absence of Christ in our spirit man means what? Darkness. So there's no real definition for darkness other than the absence of of the truth, and the absence of light, and the absence of who we are. So we, we, with explaining that, let me give you a little illustration. Let's kill those lights. If we were to kill every light, including those two big par lights that shine in my eyes, if we were to kill every, there we go, and, and without, we can't kill the video screen, but if we were to kill every light in this place, as you can see, it becomes dark really, really fast. It's hard for you to interpret the truth of this room. It's hard for you to interpret what I am even doing at this point because the room is dark. I might have even, you know, the speaker might have changed. I might be somebody different. You, it may be a different voice that you're hearing. But, but that is the trouble with darkness. It's hard to perceive what is happening. Let's turn on the lights. With the lights on, it's easy to understand your environment. You can tell what people are wearing. You can tell who, who came and combed their hair today. You can tell who, what, you know, what is happening in the room. Uh, an interesting movie that kind of gives us an illustration of darkness and light. How many have seen the movie Silence of the Lambs? Kind of back in the mid-90s. Spooky movie. Spooky, spooky movie. The first time I watched it, I watched it alone. And I have to admit, them doors were locked when I was done, baby. 
I had to go just make sure everything was kosher in the house. It was, it was pretty crazy. But in this particular movie, there is an FBI investigator by the name of Clarice Starling. And she is in pursuit. She, did she? Sharon, don't, don't be creepy on me, Sharon. <laughs> in this particular movie, there is an investigator by the name of Clarice Starling. And she is in search of the truth. Passionately in search of the truth of, of the existence of a serial killer. And at the end of the movie, she finds herself, without knowing it, in the living room of the serial killer himself. And then all of a sudden, she realizes the guy that's standing in front of me is the, the serial killer. His name was Buffalo Bill. And, and what we see is she pulls her gun. She has him at gunpoint upstairs in the light. And somehow this killer eludes Clarice and escapes down into the basement. And Clarice Starling begins to pursue the killer. Only to find that she goes into a dungeon that is completely absent of any kind of light. And the diabolical killer has night goggles on his face. So we see Clarice Starling stumbling around in the dark. Stumbling, trying to save herself and the others that were in the room. And all the while, this killer has night goggles and he's right behind her, putting his hands up around her face. And she cannot even see the very real present danger that is in front of her. Many times, I think that that is can be a representation of our spiritual state of mind. I do believe that it can be uh, kind of a, a modern-day metaphor of what we can put ourselves through, the darkness that might exist, the fact that we can't see the danger that is all around us because we've learned to live absent from the light. Now, you know the story. She hears the Buffalo Bill cock his gun back, and she, I mean, she, this girl had cat-like reflexes. She spins around and blows him away into the wall, and all of a sudden, the light comes shining into the room. It is a spiritual state of man to know what the light feels like. It is a spiritual state of man to know, and we were born in truth. We were born in light. The Bible calls our life the light. But somewhere along our adult experiences, we begin to make choices and we begin to make compromises and we begin to find ourselves moving away from what the light possibly represents. Uh, I think it, it's a, a great example of what happens to us. Um, since most of us aren't avid Bible readers, um, a, a good question is, and since most of us get our messages from Hollywood, correct? Movies, topics, things like that, unfortunately, that is what normally happens. So a good question would be, does Hollywood accurately portray the biblical version of darkness and light? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? As we watch our Hollywood movies and as we are inspired or as we are scared or as we are moved by them, do they actually portray a true biblical version of darkness and light? The Hollywood version, in, 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 you know, my opinion is no, they don't. That's my opinion. My opinion is that they don't portray a true biblical version. Hollywood is very extreme. And what I mean by that is, in the 80s and 90s, what were the villains like in the 80s and 90s? Everybody remember 80s and 90s movies? Even in the 70s, it was like Dracula, the werewolf, Frankenstein. I mean, these characters only come out at night. These were villains, and they crawled from under a rock. I mean, these guys were spooky, and everybody that looked at them knew that they were spooky and you were to run. So it's an extreme version of darkness. That's what they portrayed. 
kind of in the 80s, you get into the Michael Myers. You get into the dark Michael Myers and Jason and Freddy Krueger. Now, you didn't see these guys at the local Starbucks ordering a coffee during the day. Just didn't happen. It was an extreme version. Even today, even the more diabolical movies like Saw, please don't watch that. I've never watched any of that. But, man, that is a demented type of movie. And there's such an extreme version of darkness. But what I, what I like about the movie Spider-Man is that it actually gives us an everyday version of dealing and battling in our inner self with darkness and with light. It's not like you can see that it's scary, but it kind of just creeps up on you. And Peter Parker gives us a great example So my thoughts are that Hollywood hasn't really done a good job with the everyday struggle. But then we see Spider-Man, and we see that this young Peter Parker, he's struggling with something that is on the inside of him. Now, I can relate to that. I can relate to the very real struggle that goes on every day is I want to pursue Christ. Because we know that Christ is a representation of the light. He is a representation of the truth in our life. And I struggle every day to continue to keep myself in the center and focused where Christ is. Could you turn that house lights off? Not this one, though. Leave those up. So if Christ is a representation of the truth in my life, my everyday struggle would be to remain centrally focused on the warmth, on the truth of who he is. And I guess for each and every one of you, our challenge is together is that we don't move into the shadows We can get used to little pieces of darkness, can we? We can even think that we can manage it, where we continue to, okay, I'm not exactly in the center of Christ, but I'm out here in this circle, so it's a little bit shady, but I'm okay. I'll be okay. And what we see when we zoom into Spider-Man 3 and see the life of Peter Parker, we see him trying to, first of all, manage the darkness, to try to accept it and kind of live with it. Let's watch this clip. What do you think? What do you think? I've never seen anything like it. I'm a physicist, not a biologist, but let me look at it in the morning. I want some tests. Can we do that now? It seems to like you. Don't let any of that get on you. Why not? It has the characteristics of a symbiote, which needs to bond to a host to survive. And sometimes these things in nature, when they bind, they can be hard to unbind. So we find Peter Parker making binding decisions with darkness. There is a Bible scripture that says, Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever is loosed upon this earth shall be loosed in heaven. And what that simply means is that when you make an agreement with yourself, You're making an agreement with one of two things. You're either agreeing to continue with all of your heart to step into the central light of Jesus Christ, or you are agreeing to try to manage and live with shade, gray area, darkness. Remember that no perfect people allowed, but the heart should pursue with all of its might right here in the center. We should be here. We should be working as hard as we can to remain here in the center. Are you saying, Tom, that if we're in the darkness or if we're struggling with sin, that we're not going to heaven? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that your heart and your passion and your pursuit 
should be to make choices to live in that very real light. So we find Peter, and this is the beginning of his struggle. He finds himself struggling with this new thing, this dark thing uh, called sin. And, and this, is the sim- this is symbolic of what we see in Spider-Man. He begins to think that he can manage it. Well, I can live with that. Peter makes a choice. And when he begins to make a choice and agree that it's okay, it begins to grow in him. And before long, the darkness grows. This inner battle inside of him begins to rage. And we find Peter struggling. We find him being resentful of his past. We find aggression and anger, resentment rising up in him. And he begins to struggle with this spiritual warfare that takes place on the inside of him. Let's see this next clip. Peter Parker finds out that the guy whose life he took wasn't the guy who killed his uncle. And so the hatred and the anger and the resentment of the past that he was living begins to well up inside of him. And he begins to have a very real struggle of what had happened to him in the past. Isn't it funny how quickly a little bit of darkness can really get a hold of you? And the minute that we begin to entertain and manage, and try to live with just a little bit. We find ourselves going further and further away from the truth. Remember that Christ is truth. Any truth that there is on the inside of you is because in the beginning, God created you to be that way. You were born into a complete innocence. And then for some reason or the other, maybe a circumstance, maybe a life situation, Maybe there is abuse. Maybe there's something very traumatic that has occurred in our life. And for some reason or the other, we make life choices because we're geared to survive, right? That's the way we treat life, survival of the fittest. So if I go through a traumatic situation, instead of working through it and staying in the light, I'm going to find myself in the shadows. I'm going to make choices and I'm going to move away. And the more that I step away, the harder it becomes to get back into the original place that God wants me to be. In Matthew, it's interesting to read this scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 24. And I want you to hear these scriptures very carefully because each and every one of us do have a very real spiritual struggle that we go through. Maybe it's not about murder or revenge or anything extreme like that. But maybe in your life, it could be pride. Maybe the darkness is envy. Maybe it's jealousy. 
Maybe it's selfishness. On some level, we're all battling spiritually to find the center in the truth about who we are and, and why we are here. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, your eyes are windows into your body. How many of you feel better when, you, when the sun is shining? How many of you feel good when it's 75 out and there's not a cloud in the sky and you just feel that light and it's almost like it just warms your soul in the morning, isn't it? And, and to be honest with you, but not just physically but spiritually, that's because that's what it does. How many of you get depressed when you go through two or three weeks of rain and clouds? How many, how many deal with that? How many are ready to go to a counselor <laughs> at that particular time? There's a reason for that, because you're wired to respond to the warmth and the radiance and the glory of the light that God has created. We're wired to do that. We're wired to want the truth to be in our lives and to feel good about the choices that we make. How many of you have made good choices in your life? We all have at one time or the other, haven't we? When you make a good choice, how does it feel? It feels really good. Even if it's just one good choice, it feels good to make good decisions. And that's because your spiritual state longs to see the light of Christ. So when you make a good choice in this life, it begins to illuminate your soul just a little bit. Are you saying, Tom, that we can be saved by all the works and choices that we make? Absolutely not. Because without the grace of Jesus Christ, there is no light to begin with, remember? Without God giving his son Jesus, we have no light. But because he did that and because we have that light, we can begin to pursue passionately to be in the center of that light by the decisions that we make in our life. I love that. I love that there is hope. I love that life is not meaningless. I love that we're not just stumbling around in the darkness like Clarice Starling, hoping, just hoping that we survive. God did not intend any one of you just to survive or just to get by or just to barely make it. He wants you to thrive. He wants you in the light. He wants you to know the truth about yourselves. He wants us to have victory in this life. That's why God did what he did for us. But how many knows we can get jacked up in a day? Now, that was wild right there. We just had a light pop right there. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> Everybody okay back there? That wasn't a cheap form of pyrotechnics, I promise you. <laughs> if it was, that's pretty sad. How many of you know we can get jacked up in a day? We can. I love these spiritual Christians that think that they're way up here on the ladder and they think that, well, I'm never going to fall into a trap. Well, that's a mistake. Because one thing I've learned, the more spiritually mature that God brings me into the light, the more that I know that I can get jacked up in one day. And in one day I can find myself, if I'm not careful, making decisions that will, will cause darkness and pain in my life and in my family's life. Jacked up in a day. In this next clip I want to show you, that's why we need coaches around us. That's why Spirit of St. Louis Church is built around life groups where there are people coming together talking about their faith in a real way. We're not built on religion. We're built on the spiritual move of coming into the light. Because each of us are on different levels of that, aren't we? 
Each of us are dealing with different levels of who Jesus is to us. So who am I to stand up and say, like a cookie cutter, do it my way? That's why we find life groups being the most important thing that a person can do. Because you get with other people like you and you talk about pursuing. It's not about how many scriptures that you know in the Bible. It's not about how much knowledge that you may have. It's not about whether you're a scholar or have your degree in theology. It's about a willingness to be vulnerable and transparent with one another. It's about wrapping your arm around someone and saying, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned about your actions. I'm concerned about your behaviors and attitude. And you know that that, that person knows that you truly mean it. You're not being judgmental. But you care and you love them and you truly want them to succeed in life. We need coaching. Each and every one of you need someone. Someone to speak into your life. Someone that even the words might hurt a little bit. Someone that when you make a mistake and you're trying to justify it, you're trying to stay in the dark, they kick your butt back into the light and make sure that you understand that you need to be there. Let's see this next clip. Flint Marco, the man who killed Uncle Ben, he was killed last night. Oh, my. What happened? Spider-Man killed him. Spider-Man? I don't understand. Spider-Man doesn't kill people. What happened? I, I uh... He... He was... I thought that, that you'd feel he deserved it, didn't he? I don't think it's for us to say whether a person deserves to live or die. But Aunt May, he killed Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben meant the world to us, but he wouldn't want us living one second with revenge in our hearts. It's like a poison. It can, it can take you over. Before you know it, turn us into something ugly. Darkness is no place to live, is it? People that care about you want to see you succeed spiritually. They want to see you succeed in life. They want to see you remain in the light. And I love people that know how to speak the truth with the grace of God in their life. And to encourage each and every one of us to do our very best. God wants each and every one of us to be in the light. You know what's funny? My mom always said, Tom, it was kind of cliche too. Her grandma told her this too. Nothing happens good after midnight, son. How many of you have ever heard that comment? And I was kind of a wild little teenage boy running around town, and I met my wife that way. Pray, thank God for that. <laughs> now, we can go into that some other time. She's giving me the look. <laughs> I thank God for that every day. She is a piece of that light that God drew me into. But, but it's, it, it, you know, being a, a kid that was out in, at nighttime, out all night, Mom would say, when midnight hits, Satan clocks in, son. 
like, wow. So we'd be watching a movie late night at the house or whatever, you know, and midnight would hit, and I said, Mom, you better go to bed. <laughs> this movie's not over, I understand, but Satan just clocked in, and he's after you. <laughs> you know, it's kind of cliche, but there is a little element of truth to the fact that if the enemy, if evil, if darkness can get you alone and get you away from your life groups and get you away from your family and get you away from friends who care about you. And I'm, when I say life groups, I mean Christ-driven life groups. I don't mean groups that just meet and, and spur each other on to move further away into the darkness. But I mean groups who the, the theme is to move the group into the light of Christ. And I think there's a very real truth in the fact that when we are alone or when we're by ourselves or when we are in our private time, the enemy attacks us best at that time, doesn't he? And that's because there's sin in our life. And there will be a constant battle that will rage with you. And it's important for you to understand that we have victory in Jesus, that he is the light of the world, and that in your heart you must pursue Christ with everything that you have. I'm not going to tell you what to do and what not to do. That would be religion. I have people that say, Tom, tell me what to do. Tom, list all of the sins so I can stay away from them. Well, even if you accomplished everything I told you to do, you still, in your heart, might be missing the key element of pursuing Christ. Because it's not about checking off the list. It's about in your heart and in your spirit pursuing Christ with everything that you have. So I want to give you one step here. And then we're going to pray. We're going to skip that fourth clip and go straight to the fifth clip. But I'm going to give you one step for each and every one of you. Because here on every level, somebody's battling or struggling with some form of, of darkness. Maybe your darkness is like the beginning of Peter Parker's darkness, where you can almost put it into a glass and you can kind of manage it. But I promise you, if you continue to live with that, it will grow on you. You will become comfortable with it. And you'll begin to compromise. And every time you compromise, you'll move out of the light that Christ would want you in. And before long, you won't even know who you are. Because that's what it does to you. That's what it does. But if you can step back into the light. Now, some of you might be angry about your past. Some of you might be struggling with an addiction. Some of you in here might be dealing with resentment toward a family member. Some of you might be dealing with just the spirit of selfishness in your heart where you think it's all about you. There are many different forms of everyday darkness. They're not the scary Mike Myers where they jump in front of us and we know to run. These are darknesses that you cannot identify sometimes until they've grown and laid and attached a hold of your spirit, man. And all of a sudden you're being pulled. Oh, wow. That was pretty cool. Was it a, that as good for you guys as it was for me? <laughs> All of a sudden, you're being pulled. And I don't know about you, but I want release from that. So, so Tom, how do we get release? One word. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Step in to the light. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Step into the light. Well, Tom, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know the real stuff that I went through. I don't care. It could have been traumatic. It could have been the worst thing that has ever happened to you. But first, I would ask you to do this. Whoever has, after you forgive yourself, whoever has wronged you, 
get an accurate account of what was going through their mind, where they come from, what they're about. Because Jesus tells us that if you have aught against your brother or aught against anyone, you must go to them and find out why. And then when you find out, put it under the blood of Jesus, forgive them, and move on. You're not doing it for them, you're doing it for you. Let's watch this last clip. I didn't want this. But I had no choice. We always have a choice. You had a choice when you killed my uncle. My daughter was dying. I needed money. I was scared. I told your uncle all I wanted was the car. What is it? I need your car. He said to me, why don't you just put down the gun and go home? I realize now he was just trying to help me. I saw my partner running over with the cash, and the gun was in my hand. I did a terrible thing to you. I spent a lot of nights wishing I could take it back. asking you to forgive me. I just want you to understand. I've done terrible things, too. disintegrates into that sand thing. That's pretty cool. Um, I want to say this, and then we'll, I want to pray with each and every one of you together. And before we pray, I want, we want to help anyone who might be struggling with any form of darkness in your life. And remember, there's no greater or no less darkness. It's just darkness. 
And there is a way that you can step back into the light of Christ. I want you to know that there's a very simple first step. And the Bible calls it confession and repentance. You just recognize where you are. And you stop trying to manage it or deal with it. And you choose to take the, next, the necessary steps to step back into the light of Jesus. And then repentance is when you get there into that light, you determine in your heart that you're going to do everything in your power to stay. It's kind of like spiritual sumo wrestling. You guys ever seen sumo wrestling? These big old characters try to push each other out of the circle. Well, you're wrestling to stay centrally focused and to serve Christ with everything in your heart. You want to stay in that circle. You don't want to get pushed out. So what we're going to do after we pray is we're going to have our key leaders. I want them to be up here on the left and right side. And we're going to have a huddle time. And in that huddle time, we just want to simply pray with you. Or you might want to share what you're going through. You don't have to. But we'd like to see anyone who raises their hand to join us in a quick huddle time after this. All right? Can we do that? I want, you, I want to leave you with this. You have a choice. Each and every one of us has a choice. Can you get to heaven living in the darkness? When you accepted Jesus Christ maybe a month, a year, ten years ago, and you, you were so on fire for God, and now you're finding yourself heavy, you find that there's weight, you feel like you're in the dark, can you still make heaven your home? I think that you can. I think the blood of Jesus is very powerful. But the Bible specifically says that God is going to look upon your heart. So you've got to make your heart right. You've got to choose to step back into that light and to allow the love of Christ to be all over you. And that's a very important decision to make. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you. I ask that you be with every one of us. We all deal with very real struggles. And if someone is dealing with struggle in their heart and their life right now, God, I pray that you just show up right now. Let them see the truth of your son, Jesus. He is the light of this world. And I ask that you help them to forgive themselves Help them to forgive others and help everyone here to take those necessary steps to go back into the light and to live their life passionate for you. And I thank you for that. With, with